You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to What the Folklore, officially back to name one. What the Spooklore? Yep, you did yours. Is That's... buried in the spookiest graveyard to come back to undeath next year. So we are back to your regularly scheduled programming. I feel like I woke up after a month. A month of scares and chills and thrills and spooks and other synonyms commonly associated with Halloween. I have entirely forgotten what we do on this show because we we started doing a different show. Uh, That's right. Well, now that we're... We started doing Election Watch 2016. Or do you mean the scary the, version? The scary show oh, that that's, we did. I'm, I'm spoiling future endeavors. The spin-off podcast. <laughs> I'm not sure that those are two terribly different things. See? Banter. <laughs> yep. <laughs> We're on point. All right, in, so... In my <laughs> new position as podcast arbiter, I am required to point out when humor might be happening. <laughs> That way you don't get lost, dear listener. Should I laugh at that? Gordy says yes. All right. Got the thumbs up. Equal so. opportunity. No child left behind. <laughs> Thank you. He's, <laughs> he's just he's just off. <laughs> buzzword. Yeah, there's buzzword. Uh, there's a bug in track. that programming. Yeah. <clears throat> he he ate the spooktrometer and it caused some problems within him. I did spend uh, <laughs> we both, a, we both. a lot of time. Pouring over that data, so my brain might not be working quite right. We both dared him to eat it, and then asked him to stop when it got frightening. <laughs> but he did it. He did. There Pulled was no off. stopping him. He said, "I won't let this defeat me." <laughs> In the same system he uses with hot pies straight out of the microwave. It was, very, it was very reminiscent. They're not unlike each other. So now that the the spectrometer has been swallowed by Gordy. And October has gone to rest for another year. We are What the Folklore, Making Sense of Senseless Tales. I am your reader, uh, Carmen. I am Test Subject 1. My name is Tyler. I am the cyborg born of Gordy and the spooktrometer. (laughs) Your father was a great man. Central Data Hub. We expect great things from you too, Cyber Gordy. So I will be reading to this gentleman and this gentle cyborg... Uh, Gentle Borg. Yes. Uh, tale. Uh, this time from Czechoslovakia. Ooh. And, uh, Czechoslovakia? Yeah, I don't think we've been there yet. Doesn't exist. Well, that's where this came from. Got cut apart. Not a country. Well, this is a Czech tale anyway. <laughs> is it Slovakian or is it Czech? It's a Czech tale from the Czechoslovak fairy tales by Parker Fillmore. Okay. So when there was a Czechoslovakia... Yes, but it's from the Czech part, this not the Slovakian circle. part. Right. The map has changed. Get it with is... it. <laughs> it's not a country anymore. It is Czechish. I live in the folklore past. Get into the future. <laughs> I'm, I'm spoken like a true cyborg. <laughs> I'm mired here in in bird speakings and giant contests. I can't get out. Is that what we're doing today? Uh, Spoilers. Neither of those, although today's story is the bird with the golden gizzard, so we can see if we can somehow tie this back into Project Birdfall. Sure, it's been a while. It'll be it'll be a bit of a challenge, but we'll see. 
Uh, and this is Arn Thompson type 567, the magic bird heart. The magic bird heart. Yep. Hmm. Is that where the gizzard is? That is... I don't know bird anatomy. Pretty sure that was Yes's sophomore album. <laughs> <laughs> it's near and dear to my heart. Yeah, that's a good one. So I'll be reading this folktale to you guys. You've never heard it before. Never once. And you'll be reacting in time. We'll find all the plot holes and make new ones. <laughs> I promise nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you can. That's the baseline. <laughs> Whatever else happens, we cannot be blamed for. That's what the contract you signed said. <laughs> it's written into the iTunes like user agreement. Yeah, by listening to this, you have signed it. Guys, ready to hear it? Do the story time. Okay, fine. Do the story. Alright, the bird with the golden gizzard. Once there was a poor man who had a very large family, and he was so poor he had nothing to feed any of his children. That's a little irresponsible. (laughs) Just a bit. Should have stopped after one, I think. (laughs) Or none. Or none. Maybe don't have a family if you don't have... The means to keep one. Or consequences follow. Yeah. This is a, the future of America. <laughs> is this a dystopian story? Yes. I think this is just a pre-birth control story. Or that. But this is why we need it. This is why we need abstinence. Only. 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 <laughs> that always works. For poor people, specifically. Is yes. he married? Uh, Presumably. He has a family. Oh, he's out of our jurisdiction. <laughs> the mother, the mother, <laughs> the mother is not mentioned. She could be dead, per normal fairy tale formula. Probably eaten, or just not that important, per also fairy tale formula. It's good meat on them bones. It's a you, couple couple weeks meals. You want to start with the children? Do you? They'd be the most gamey. To eat? I mean, they'd be more tender. Hmm. They also like demand a lot more and don't produce much. She has like work in her. Sure, but she also produces children. So he probably just wanted to put a stop to that. <laughs> well, after they're done cannibalizing their mother, there's nothing to feed the children. <laughs> uh, after three days of no food, the man was out cutting osiers, which are willow branches used for basket work. And in the branches he sees a bird shining like gold. That's why he's poor. So he just makes baskets? Yeah. If he did it underwater, he'd be a millionaire. He went into baskets, like, right after the basket bubble (laughs) collapsed. (laughs) So he wanted to get on the market when it was easy entry and hoped that it would grow, but it just didn't didn't do that fast enough. Global basket recession. Trying times. It's a terrible time to start a basket business, but... You should have read the warning signs. Are you snoring, cat? <laughs> she does that. So he decides he's going to snare the bird because the shiny bird should amuse his children for long enough to make them forget their hunger for at least a little while. It's an interesting. Eat it. Yeah, I was gonna say that's an interesting plan, sir. <laughs> maybe maybe they're not doing great because when he sees an animal, he thinks maybe we'll be amused by this. Not we should eat this. <laughs> So he's got, his family consists of four to seven children and a billion pets. Like, their herd of entertainment-only cows. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> if we kill the cow, we'll have nothing to play with anymore. It keeps bringing home squirrels and rats and stuff, and they eat the grain that he brings home for the kids. Like, I don't... Maybe At he, least they're fun. Maybe he doesn't know what food is. I mean, it is a gold bird. It looks shiny. Like gold. Yeah, it is. it is similar to... It is not made of, as far as we know. Well, he manages to catch it, and he brings it home, and the children are so delighted with it that for two whole days they didn't cry with hunger. <laughs> Whoa. So they're on day five of nothing to eat, okay. but they're pretty stoked about this shiny bird. <laughs> two days, though, it's starting to wear a little thin on them. <laughs> yeah. like, this like, bird is not as exciting as it was two days ago. Novelty's gone. <laughs> also, what are they feeding the bird? Yeah. We got some grain, but it's all going to to Goldbird here. This is supporting my theory. <laughs> Gotta keep those pets alive. <laughs> <laughs> On the third day, the bird lays a golden egg, and the oldest son goes to the goldsmith. Just to sell immediately it. swallows it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with it. Nutrients. <laughs> he takes it to the goldsmith to sell it, but the goldsmith says that he does not have enough money to buy an egg of this worth. What are you? doing then goldsmith i mean this is a super gold egg like pure i think they are willing to like take a loss on the gold egg if only yeah. to have money maybe for, cut for the guy food. a deal <laughs> they do the boy says that's cool we'll take some bread okay good he's okay. got business sense yes he he's the oldest he's watched his dad bring home <laughs> fumble his entire life Bring home basket weaving materials and novelty amusement pits. <laughs> basket weaving materials and baskets full of bunnies they're not allowed to eat. So this guy's, he's just gonna like Zuckerberg his way out of this. <laughs> Essentially. Uh, so the boy goes home with two loaves and pockets full of gold ducats because the merchant, I guess, was generous and didn't just give him bread. And for the first time, the family had enough to eat and money left over. So this is pretty exciting. Well done. Uh, two days later, the bird lays another gold egg and then takes it and sells it for the same price. Um, after they finish their deal, the goldsmith's son wants to go see this bird. So the boy says, yeah, sure, and then takes him home with him. The goldsmith's son looks over the bird carefully and sees an inscription under the wings. <laughs> okay. This bird is inscribed with the words, Trump. <laughs> Whoever eats my heart will become king. Whoever eats my gizzard will find under his head each morning a heap of golden ducats. King so, of what? I don't know. Heart Just, or gizzard? Which would I choose? Those are his options. Oh, yeah. That Could are you both. Potentially. It doesn't... There's no postscript there, saying that that's not allowed. Yeah, there's, there's no... Any. Like, there's no terms did, and conditions under the other wing. I was gonna say, did they check the other wing? This is a pretty long inscription. For the end user agreement. It's like, oh, 15 pages. No, agree. <laughs> you just have to keep flipping I, feathers. I, I agree to whatever. Just sure. Just something. Oh, shit, I didn't click the checkbox. Now I have to do the whole thing over again. That makes you scroll to the bottom. That's <laughs> so a long inscription to go unnoticed by the family who's been delighted by it for two whole days of starvation. Two straight days. They were doing nothing but... Like, being near this bird. And then this guy comes in just real hey. quick and is like, what's under that? What's that under the wings? Oh, check, an inscription? Check, That's odd. Check that fine print. <laughs> How would this bird be? It's alive. It's laying eggs. So. Let's return briefly to that time period of two days. 
what were they doing? <laughs> were they all just in a circle around this terrified bird? <laughs> just staring at it? Maybe they're hunger blind. Ooh. And it moves slightly. I'm like, oh! Whoa. It has the energy to move! <laughs> we haven't had that for three days. Does it shine? Yeah, it's shiny like gold. Maybe... Maybe it shines too brightly, and the blacksmith's son, or Gold, goldsmith's goldsmith. son, can afford sunglasses. Possibly. <laughs> yeah, he wears his sunglasses indoors. Yeah, because he knows what he's about. And so the goldsmith's son goes home and tells his father about this bird's odd inscriptions, and they confer for a little bit, and they decide the best strategy will be to marry him off to the poor man's oldest daughter in exchange for the bird as a dowry. Hmm. Okay. Or just take it. Like, offer them, like, some more bread. They'd probably part with it. I don't, that's, again, a bad deal. It's like the Whistling Jimmy deal, except this is the real thing and not a stinking <laughs> cowhide full of, of coins. literally infinite gold. Right. Or at least a whole lot of gold. However long this bird lives. Maybe they don't understand that. <laughs> this family, they don't get basic economics. Yeah. <laughs> they think, like, this thing has got to be tapped out any day now. If we eat this gizzard, we'll have infinite gold. But if we sell it, we'll have bread right now. <laughs> well, the family doesn't know about the inscription. Right, so even better. Why don't they just, like, make a trade for this bird? Maybe they're illiterate. That Could makes be. sense. That they just didn't get the school in. I'm saying that a wedding sounds like a lot more work than need be done for this bird. Well, they arranged the marriage anyway. <laughs> the family is willing to part with this miracle bird in exchange for finally putting a ring on their oldest daughter. And cake! And cake. Ah, yes. Uh, the wedding day comes, and the groom orders the bird roasted and ready when they come home from church. His plan is to eat the heart and have his bride eat the gizzard. So, Fair's fair. Maybe like, this is a good egalitarian relationship. Seems like it. Or he did find the terms and conditions like under the tail feathers. Only one at a time. <clears throat> Either way, that works out. Uh, the children, of course, cried at the thought of losing their bird, but the groom got his way in the end. Patriarchy. And now there are four less children in that family. (laughs) Everybody wins. Two of the boys stayed home from the wedding for reasons. (laughs) Didn't like that sister. I guess so. Like, we don't have enough cake for everybody, so you two, you're our least favorite children, hang out at home. Catering restrictions. Uh, They really wanted to taste their bird friend. Now that it was all roasted and ready. I mean, if it's dead, we might as well get a piece of that sucker. They didn't dare take a leg or a wing, so they fish out some bits from the inside that they figure won't go missed. Like gizzard bits. Mm Mm-hmm. One boy (laughs) ate the bird's heart, the other boy ate bird's Mm. gizzard. Mm. Wait. Very specific bits. Wait. They're at home still? Yeah, two With the cooked bird. Yes. That now belongs to the goldsmith's son? Yes. Why is it in their house? being cooked. Why did the goldsmith not take it? Because, as we have just explained, he's very bad at plans. <laughs> yeah, he came <laughs> He came to this poor man's house said, Sir, I've decided to marry your daughter. Give me that bird. And roast it. When we come back to your house after the wedding, I intend to eat it. And a bunch of children cried, and he said, No! Roast the bird. <laughs> did they say that? Did he specify that it should be cooked there? Uh, not, not, like, why don't you let me take it back to my house and I will cook it there? Nope, he just orders that it's roasted and ready when they come home from church. Well, so. details. Yeah. So they just roast it in the house where the bird was. <clears throat> That's yeah. on him. 
I thought for sure he would take it home and maybe oversee this process. He probably should have. No, he's at a wedding while it's being cooked. And you don't usually, like, cook the whole bird guts and all. (laughs) You take that out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were just bits. I mean, he could... Oh my gosh, this idiot kid. (laughs) He could take the heart and gizzard out, like, literally... Just put it in plastic bags with sauce and slip those into his pockets and let it marinate through the wedding and then cook them later. So he gets all of that and flavor. Do that on a Food Network show. Yeah. <laughs> pocket pocket gizzards. Yeah. Sauce marinade for a wedding. Pocket gizzard. Yep. <laughs> Bobby Flay comes up and he's like, Where like where's your where's your protein? Like, oh, I got it right here, chef. And I pull a plastic bag with like raw chicken meat and some sauce out of my pocket. Like I'm letting it marinate. <laughs> Excuse me while I finish this wedding. It will make me king, Bobby so, Flay. Like, yeah, I got I got my own stuff going on. <laughs> Alright, so after eating the heart and the gizzard, the boys get scared of what they've done. <laughs> Was there, like, an immediate reaction? Because they think they're going to get caught? I guess so. To my knowledge, there wasn't, like, a voice echoing, like, you will be king and also rich. Light didn't pour out of their mouths. Like, coins just start spewing from under his hat uncontrollably. (laughs) The way this reads, how this goes, is two boys are left home alone at a wedding while a cook roasts a bird. They're like, well, we'd like at least some of this since we lost our bird friend, but we can't have a wing because someone will notice that that's gone. Right. So they fish around. We'll take parts that no one will miss. Eat, eat the crappy parts of the bird and then go, shit, <laughs> we shouldn't have done that. Someone will catch us. And then they run away from home. Okay. So, I mean, that, yeah, at least nothing, they were fed. Nothing happened to indicate that they were about to be rewarded in some way. Uh, the groom comes home after the wedding and starts digging into this bird and then finds that exactly the two parts he wanted are gone. <laughs> and so he's pretty bummed out. But he doesn't matter anymore. Is the chef murdered immediately <laughs> as a traitor? It's possible. Because um, camera shifts immediately away from him and we never see what happens to the goldsmith's son oh, or the rest of the Spornance okay. family. We're done with them. They were just vehicles for these two boys to get a gizzard and a heart. Yes. <laughs> And then run away from home, and then find work with a merchant. Okay. So they're hanging out at a merchant's house. They're sticking together. Yeah. They they're, they even share the same bed, probably, because they're not going to pay out for two beds right. when they don't have to. And I assume that they're still relatively small. Yeah, probably. Their, their ages are not given, but if you're made to stay home from a wedding, I assume it's because you're a screamer. I was assuming like ten or yeah. so. <laughs> their Pokemon age. <laughs> Ready for their adventures to begin. Um, every morning, the merchant's wife would find under the bed that they shared a heap of ducats, and she doesn't know which boy is creating them. <laughs> which of you is shedding coins in your sleep? Uh, so Do she, they notice? To my knowledge, no. So uh, she's got a good racket then. Yeah, she scoops them up and she saves them. And a year passes, and at the end of the year, the boys decide that they wanted, they're done with this whole merchant business and they want to go out into the world again so the merchant brings them to a closet where they've kept the ducats that his wife has saved for the past year and says take as many ducats as you want and later you can come back and get the rest which is awfully honest yeah very generous so the brothers grab their ducats and then they leave and they separate one going right the other going left 
And now we follow the youngest, because the youngest is always the best. Is he Gizzard Boy or Heart Boy? Uh, he is Gizzard Boy, and he goes to a tavern. He's and, the one who's making it rain. Yes. <laughs> um, and at the tavern... Or tavern, hail, as the case may be. <laughs> at the tavern, he plays some cards with the landlady's daughter, and she is a card shark. She knows her way around a pack. So he loses all of his money. Well, I guess it doesn't matter. He'll get more. Unbeknownst to him. That's true. He's yet to figure that out. He doesn't know this. For some reason. I guess. Uh, He has now. I don't know. Wait, did the merchant explain? I am assuming that maybe that was part of the thing, or maybe he just knew he was shedding uh, gold like dandruff every night. On on his way to the tavern, he slept in the woods somewhere and woke up with more gold. Maybe. That would make more sense. I don't know. It kind of glosses over that whole idea but he tells them hey we need to stop the cards now because i'm flat broke but we can play again in the morning and i'll have money so he goes to bed wakes up brings his heap of ducats down and is like let's do this cards again <laughs> i'm sure i've got it this time and the landlady and her two daughters ask how did you get all this gold <laughs> you just woke up literally and he explains about the whole gizzard eating thing oh what so he now They're very knows forthcoming with these prophecies. <laughs> yes. Well, now he knows why he wakes up with gold under his bed. So he tells them everything, and they go, "Oh, that's cool." And then they put something in his wine to make him throw up. So he drinks the wine. He pukes up the gizzard, which he's somehow not at all digested in the past ah, year. This is a transferable power up. Yes. <laughs> Uh, one of the landlady's daughters grabs it, washes it, and swallows it herself. Is he just watching all of this? Yep. And now that he is, Aww. now that he's broke and doesn't have a gizzard anymore, they drove him out of the tavern. And is no longer relevant to the story. This is the youngest one. This is the youngest one. Hmm. So now he is broke and hungry and wandering the fields alone. And he finds some sorrel in some of the fields, and he eats it, and it turns him into a goat. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Sure did. Okay. Did do that. Bye, goat boy. All right. <laughs> it was arc. fun following you around for Plot a bit. Plot arc closed. <laughs> so he's a goat, um, enjoying goat life, jumping around the bushes, eating leaves. <laughs> Makes the best of it. And he chances to eat a leaf that changes him back into a regular person. What the f- it is just going to be, the rest of his life is going to be a nightmare. Yeah. He can't eat anything. What was the point of that interlude? <laughs> just pays off yeah, he, somehow, surely. He was starving all of his life and he finally got food and it started changing him into things. And Every things. time he ate something, something new, some new curse was bestowed upon him. <laughs> Were they poor because they didn't have food <coughs> or because of this weird curse and they had to avoid it? <laughs> Because half the food in the world turns you into something or gives <laughs> yeah. you some power that you might not understand. I do not know. This is like but... babies who are, or young children who are scared to poop. <laughs> <laughs> well, after his, uh, his brief experience as a goat, he has a plan. He grabs some of the sorrel and some of the other leaves that he ate to turn him back into a person. And he marches back to the tavern and says, Hey, I have a present of this new kind of spinach I found that tastes really good. Uh, and they said, Well, good. Cook it for us. And eat it first. <laughs> nope. Uh, the cook tastes it and turns into a goat. 
serving maid tastes it, turns it into a goat. Does this all happen simultaneously, or do they just go in a domino effect? Like, oh, that turned him into a goat. Must be tasty. I think their scientific instincts just kick in. <laughs> and so he brings it to the landlady and her two daughters, and they eat it, and they turn it into goats. And he feeds the anti-goat leaves to the cook and the serving maid, so that they can turn back into people, which is... You know, kind of him, because a lot of times in these stories they just let collateral damage stack <laughs> up. <laughs> and he takes the landlady goat and the two daughter goats and hitches them to a cart and makes them drive him somewhere. So as he's riding this goat cart, he comes to a town where a king is in the middle of building himself a castle. Just a random king. <laughs> yeah. Nondescript king. Yep. Who just happens to be his brother. Right. Uh, there are workmen hauling stone for the castle, so he decides, I'm going to put these goats to work. And he loads up his goat cart with, like, maybe twice as much stone as would be reasonably expected for goats, goats to haul. And so uh, the king sees him and like, brother! <laughs> hey! Can I borrow some money? <laughs> Kingdoms are expensive. And he asks him, Where'd you get those goats? Because <laughs> that's the relevant question. A king would be concerned with that. And so the youngest boy tells the whole story about the <laughs> the gizzard puking goat revenge. And the king says, hey, you've probably punished them enough. Like maybe unload some of those stones and turn them back to people. Can you please have some pity? Uh, and the guy gives in to the king's begging and feeds them the anti-goat leaves. And they turn back into people, and he marries the girl who swallowed the gizzard, and they were soon very rich. The end. (laughs) I'm enjoying your reflection face right now. Now your headache face. Check, please. I don't want to have to pay for this meal. So, what questions do you have for this story? Why did any of this happen? Yeah, I don't know that I have questions, because it would just be that, over and over. I just have an assessment, which is that this is a story as told by, like, a five-year-old. <laughs> this is the axe cop affair, too. Kind of. My big thing is, we're going to ignore the first half of the story. I wish they did. Of the two brothers... Why did they follow the one who became king? It seems like a much more convoluted tale. An interesting story. To go from, from a peasant boy who ate a bird's heart to a merchant's apprentice to a king in what sounds like three days. Instead of really what we have is a boy who went from poor to marrying rich. Yeah, more like, or less. cut out some of the middle steps, and that's what you get. Right. Because that seems to be the answer, is just marry your problems. <laughs> and, and cancel it out. Because Bird Heart Boy, like, his Bird Heart power was in stasis for a year when he was with the merchant. And then he goes right, and this other boy goes left. And we don't follow this, this merchant, but this was the course of a night and a day. And, like, maybe maybe a couple of other days to ride into the town. But this was not... In between their separation and 
suddenly that, he's a king building a castle yeah, for himself or like renovating or whatever yeah did he go to a town and like, oh this is a town without a king guess i'll fill that gap <laughs> yeah that was my question is how i wonder is how he going to become king i wonder how the heart power would manifest yeah, it's I very do. clear how the gizzard works. Right, that's clear from the beginning. That's in the the wig <laughs> inscription. So. Maybe maybe he just got some kind of proof of purchase. Maybe he and pulled, he just had to show his receipt. Maybe he pulled a bird from a stone. Maybe very slowly a crown grew out of his head. <laughs> like made, it's just like a ridge. Yeah, made out of bone and cartilage. <laughs> He's, it's like a Klingon. He, <laughs> just just put he, some gold leaf on this. He leads by fear. <laughs> but, you know, you, when, you're, when you're a writer, the story you write is supposed to be the one about the character who undergoes the most change. Mm-hmm. And is the... hopefully the most interesting event that that setting world character has to offer. Right. Because otherwise... Why? Like, why pick the second or third most interesting thing? And it feels like this folktale does the opposite of that. I feel like this this story was written before erasers were invented. <laughs> like, oh, crap, the youngest was Ducket Boy, wasn't he? I meant for him to be the king. No, no. Ooh, gotta keep going. Like so the, they did the... what I did when I was eight. Yeah, sure. Which is realize what you'd written in... Like pencil and just go with it. Right. Like, the author realized, like, oh, crap, I have written something that is going to be impossible for me to explain. I'll just have that happen off screen. Oh, okay. That, <laughs> that yeah. is going to be way easier than me follow his his adventures. This adventure is a lot dumber and easier. And it features goats in the middle, because I just I saw a goat today. No, I feel like that is the same instance where he's like, he wrote about a magic, like, a magic grass and it turned him into a goat i guess uh and then he went and found a bush and he's a boy again <laughs> this is like because because he wrote the goat part and then he's like nah that's dumb but he couldn't erase it so he just had to <laughs> fix it in the story yep that's how it works <laughs> this is like madame Delnois. <laughs> Predecessor. Yeah. <laughs> Czechoslovakian predecessor. One of her mentors or, or major sources of inspiration. Like, she read she read this tale. Just, I would like all of my stories to be like this, but on more acid. <laughs> would you bury someone who turned you into a goat for revenge after you ate his vomit gizzard? Probably not. <laughs> why, why doesn't he just make her throw up and take it back? And then stick his tongue out at her and leave her... To Hallstone for his king brother. And then just, Why didn't he chop open her goat body? Yeah, like that's where I thought this was going. Me too. Literally every time this child eats, something bad happens. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you want to take on for your he is he is lawfully forced, wedded husband? He like has to run away from home because he's so afraid of being caught for eating like the crappy part of a bird. And then the next time we see him eating, he is a goat. eating like poison that makes him oh, that's throw right. up, like throw up the gizzard. Oh, yeah. And then the next time he turns into a goat. Yeah, he does not have a. And the curse maintains because it sounds like he was having a pretty good time being a goat. Yeah, I and then became it... a human again, and he's I... like, "God damn it!" 
I kind of thought it might just end there and be like, and he was better off as yeah. a goat without money. And then there, Finally there would be a moral that makes some sense. Yeah, then he could eat grass and not worry about it. It would be like a Zen masterpiece. Because as a goat, you don't need to worry about money at all. You just, do you no. have enough grass? And is there a wolf currently chewing on your hindquarters? <laughs> all right, we're good. If it's so, good, you good might, goat day. If so, you might be able to walk straight up a cliff to get away from it. Which is dope. They, some of them do. It's terrifying to watch. But probably very exciting for them as thrill seekers. Just I have bet. to hope you're not a fainting goat. Right. It's a bad combination. The thrill seeker fainting goat. He's <laughs> 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 just hand gliding and then just falls out. Let's make that a thing. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to explain this one. Like, the the number of things they could have done better is so vast that I, I don't even want to start. This is yet another story that starts with the father of somebody who matters. Yeah, yeah we get this weird prequel that no one wants. It's like we have to follow the family lineage, so we have to, okay, here's the father. His He's done his one thing, so we're going to stop paying attention to him. Now, here's the oldest son. He's carrying what? an egg. He is more important right now. What did the father do? He caught a, he caught the bird and brought it home. Okay, that's right. He, he was the, the inciting incident. The son was the one that was selling the eggs. Yeah, none of this had to happen. And that's, like, if we want to examine it from a, a bird fall perspective, the bird is obviously being planted there for someone to find. Right. We just don't know why. Hopefully not these kids. Maybe maybe the one who became king. Maybe was he was intended to be. Maybe he was the real target. Yeah, because we have no idea what sort of king he is or right. well, the, will become. The one glimpse we get when he's king is he says, I think you've tortured these poor people enough. How about you set them right? He does which, show true. benevolence. Which, which is optimistic. Yeah, so he so might maybe, be an important maybe, king in another tale. Maybe they needed... A good king in that area. And they also wanted him to have a lot of gold. Yeah. So they gave him a goat... A goat brother. ...puking (laughs) sister-in-law. I think that both of the... I think that the gizzard and the heart were intended for the same person. And it just happened to work out that they were in proximity still. We just followed the... The dumb one. Yeah. Who screwed it up. Right. Birds work in mysterious ways. This is true. Perhaps they needed this uh, this gambling card shark daughter to calm down on the gambles. So they're just like, all right, you go to sleep and money will happen. You don't need to play cards anymore. So you think that she's important for something? Potentially. And was whiling her time away gambling. Or she didn't know she was important and the birds need her for something or need her to not be at the inn for some reason. They need her not to win money from somebody else. I don't know. Not to be beholden to the gold. Right. I don't know. Let's there talk about a... this merchant. What's there to say? The minor walk-on character. But they kind of set up a comeback and get more gold. And then they didn't. Which they let go. Obviously a trap. Yeah, so the the gizzard kid, when he lost his money, I guess he could have gone back for more to the merchant. Right, but instead he wandered around in the field and ate plants he didn't recognize. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, that I, was part A of the plan. It seems unclear whether he understood his <laughs> his gift by that point, but 
If not, he could have just gone back to the merchant and said, hey, I need more gold, and merchant would have gone, how did you spend all that gold? And he'd say, I lost it to some lady. And the merchant would say, you clearly have no business sense. Maybe you should stay here a while while I teach you. Because, yeah, they're very... While I teach you cards. They're very benevolent, so they'd be like, okay, you can't survive on your own, so why don't you just (laughs) hang hang out here, do what you were doing for the past year? You lost all that money in a day. He just says, I'm going to invest this for you. And you lost again, all to one card shark, so... I'm going to open a mutual fund in your name. You hang out for a while. Let's learn about compound interest. Let's see how this works. Banking. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you guys. That would have made this a lot more interesting of a story. (laughs) To have a banking interlude. And then this guy goes back to the tavern. He's like, I've learned about the power of compound interest and mutual funds. Let's play cards. And yes. I've also learned how to play a mean hand of poker. It's like the uh, it's like the training scene in Rocky. I need you to fund my it's IRA. Just, Let's sit down. It's just lectures on banking and finance and responsibility. <laughs> and gambling. And yeah, a little bit of Rain Man mixed in. Just a t- just a touch. Teach you how to gamble and count cards. But it's it's very benevolent of these. Like she's basically just sweeping up the gold under the bed like a housekeeper. Yeah, yeah. Removing dust bunnies and then she keeps it till it fills a hogshead barrel. That's the specific specific measurement of the gold fills mm-hmm. a hogshead. Well, they they took them in, right? Yeah. Before they knew anything about them. And presum- so they were already kind. Presumably, they worked for them in that year. Mm-hmm. Who knows what they were doing? <laughs> with their their skills of steal bit of bird and run away. <laughs> they were outside chewing on grass. <laughs> just they just are gnawing at is the this ground. Food? <laughs> they are trying to improve their alchemy scores <laughs> by just eating random ingredients. It seems to be working for one of them at least. <laughs> I just we see a lot of honest merchants, which is an odd odd thing to my thing. Thinking yeah. for these kinds of stories. Yeah. I mean, they're all small business owners. It's true. Well, the one in Whittington's cat was not that small a business owner. But these are these are real Czechoslovakians from the heartland. That Czechoslovakia didn't exist anymore. It doesn't. Neither this, do these people. This story is a lie. <laughs> this whole story was a fantasy made up. It's not a real folktale. It's just a dream I had last night. (laughs) (laughs) It may as well have been. It has all the plot structure of a dream. And then I turned into a goat. And then I wasn't a goat anymore, but I turned some other people into a goat. And then a king told me to stop it. (laughs) Yeah. I think think that's what happened here. This is just someone telling their dream at breakfast and a folklorist got confused. This is the collected dream of the lost Czechoslovakian people. Somebody just kept very exact transcripts of, of everybody's everything. night murmuring. Yeah. <clears throat> this was like the whatever century sleep talking man. And yeah, a researcher got confused. <laughs> As will researchers in the future when they look back on our dank memes. <laughs> they won't know. 
Well, we've stopped talking about this folktale, so I think it's time to call it a day. All right. Shut this bitch down. That's as good a goodbye as any. Bye, <laughs> <laughs> This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have any feedback for us, you can leave it either by Gmail or Facebook. Our Gmail account is wtfolklore at gmail.com, and our Facebook page can be found at facebook.com slash WT Folklore. Feel free to send in stories if you have any particularly odd pieces of folklore or mythology that you would like to hear us talk about. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales.